that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And for the first time, and I think it's quite a, uh, a special occasion, it's with the Tote, the Tote.co.uk, the Tote lads, the original OG. Uh, they are the goats, of course, uh, the Tote. Demo, can you, can you quite believe that? I've always been asking, can we? Can we? And we have. Yeah, Dean, it's absolutely huge. And it's, um, yeah, I was really, really thrilled when I saw the deal get over the line. And it's, uh, what a huge brand to have. Look, look, look. Everybody in horse racing, even, you know, family members might with no interest in it. They know who the tote are and half half your race day experiences are built around the tote when you kind of, you know, yeah. when you're going. So absolutely great now to be part of this whole vehicle now and to uh, hopefully show all our listeners that it doesn't just have to be on race days that we use the tote, that there's uh, ample opportunities online now as well. Oh, yeah, of course. And we'll get to all of that because later on, uh, the two Jamies from the Tote, Jamie Hart and Jamie Benson of Beat Benson fame, are on with us in uh, what's going to be a new feature on the podcast, Tote Corner. We're going to catch up with them about everything that the Tote are up to this season. And uh, I look forward to that. You can all uh, listen to it shortly. And on a Friday, Demo, me and you are going to try and crack the 250 grand guarantee of the place pot that they do at the weekend. That's at Newbury this weekend. You won't ever hear from us again, ever. Hey, no, we're going to win it, Demo. <laughs> then we're gone. We're the, gone, yeah. Yeah, it might just be me and you, but if we're no good, then we might have to bring a few other people <laughs> yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But I reckon it'd be 10 minutes of arguing, to be honest, which is <laughs> un- unlike uh, any other conversation we ever have, Demo. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it we're exactly the same as any other conversation we ever had. Now, talking of other people, we do have uh, David Weldon on. Dave, how are you? That's about Dean. How's things? Yeah, very well. Um, all good. I'm sure you're enjoying a bit of World Cup, but we've got to talk racing on this week's podcast, of course. And uh, Stephen Cass is here. Cass, you're back in, in quick time, actually. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I wanted to avoid December. I'd be busy in December, so pick these two yeah, weeks. Nice. But you're very, you're very excited about the Toad now, which to me suggests there's a few quid behind this. So I hope a reciprocal. It's not about the money, man. Well, it's not. It's not about the money. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk fees now because the two yeah. years so bullish about this tote deal. However much they're giving you, we'll we'll have to talk turkey now after this. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly told him I'd do it for a free line at the place. But this, 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 this is a bit like the tote. I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to find out the payout until afterwards either. We should have talked about it before. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And when he uh, when he talks about talking turkey, he actually means turkey. We'll have to order sandwiches now or something now from. Uh, from Cass now that's where I thought. Yeah, that's yeah. where I thought Cass was going. I thought this was a plug. Go on, go on, Cass. Oh yeah, anyone, like, any hampers available? Yes, hampers available. Yes, anyone, any uh, corporate gifts, uh, small gifts, we can deliver nationwide, and we can deliver to the UK too. Give me a ring, Cass and Co. Love it. That's the one. That's the one. Now, okay. Look, opening ceremonies out the way, and sometimes they can be uh, fun. Sometimes they can be drab. But I think that was pretty good on today's race hour. Of course, we're gonna, um, in addition to catching up with those lads from the tote, we'll all, no doubt crib about Ascot and the state of racing. I'd say um, I'm sure there'll be a few views on here. We're gonna look at the novice chasing division um, uh, with an eye on Cheltenham, of course, across the arc called National Hunt Chase, Brown Advisory, the RSA, or whatever they decide to call it this year, and the Turners, whatever they decide to call that uh, this year. And uh, we'll take on the weekend tipping at Newbury and Newcastle. Um, why don't we get on with a very quick review of some of the horses that did run at the weekend? There wasn't too many. Um, I was going to kick off with State Man. I thought that was the highlight of the weekend, Demo. Absolutely brilliant, Dean Altogether, yeah. He was, um, he was, uh, 
sorry, he was aesthetically okay, but just it was nice to see him so comfortable at that level. You know, we saw the likes of uh, St. Waugh before who maybe um, yeah. came from a county hurdle, didn't quite go up. He still has an awful lot to go to meet Honeysuckle. Like, I'm really excited about this weekend. We'll talk about that after. Is that Constitution Hill now will come out and will shorten even more dramatically. I still think she's a, a crack in betting it. But um, just really good to see that, that he was able to come to that level, hold off Saldier and Charge. You know, Charge is not great in the first run of the season ever anyway. But still, um, just good to see that, that he's still there. An awful lot to do, but he's done quite well. Yeah, I was impressed. Like, Cass, I'll ask you, right, because you often have an interesting opinion on some of these jokes. And uh, I, I just wonder what you might call State Man. <laughs> what would I call him? I know he's, he's, he's decent. Like, I don't think he's... Uh... No, he's he's very good. I I I was impressed. I just found like it was boring. You knew what was going to happen before the race. Sharjah, a couple of times in his career, Sharjah has been a bit drifty. Happened again. So you knew Saban was going to win. He didn't jump great, jump fine, but the engine is there. But I don't think we found out that really major. They knew Saban was the best horse in the race on the day. Uh, very dull these Willie Mullins. And what drives me mad is Henry. You can have down royal. We won't go up there. Willie, you can you can have that meeting. We won't go down there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. They're, they're avoiding each other without. No one ever talks about how they do that. Like Willie just gives Gordon free rein, and then Willie's allowed to have the other one. So yeah, it's 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 boring. And so it went to script. It went yeah, to script I don't think there's that exciting yeah, there. Or we learned Anthony too much new about Stateman. Very good horse. He's very big. Like I, I've no idea why he's not going over fences. He looks like a chaser all over, and he jumps a bit like a chaser. He's not too slick. So I would have rather seen him over fences if we were going to see him. It's my hot they have take. time. I wonder if he'd had. I wonder if he'd had the normal campaign last year, and they didn't go and rob a, a hurdle, a handicap hurdle at Cheltenham. Whether it would have been fences this time round, but you know, it, I think it's it's the champion hurdles gain. Apart from Goshen, David, who was quality at the weekend, obviously, uh, Stateman must be in the champion hurdle picture. Oh, big time! Yeah, like he he did a lot. He came out and proved he was alive and well. Probably progressed a little bit. Um, it was a solid one sixty horse, probably low one sixties, um, based on his rating from last year. So yeah, uh, he was very good. Won the race, all rolls deal. I presume we go Christmas next, and then maybe Dublin Racing Festival, and then on to, on to Cheltenham. So yeah, it's another little little cog in the champion hurdle puzzle. Yeah, I'd, I'd make it the third wheel on the car at the minute, considering the front two look good, and we're going to see Constitution Hill uh, obviously this weekend if Nicky plays ball. Uh, Dave, I'll stick with you. Let's let's go to Aplutar because um didn't seem like really wanted to be at Haydock at the weekend. No, and like the ground wasn't Haydock soft really, like so you can't really put that down as an excuse. Henry's come out and said that there is nothing obvious wrong with the horse. He just didn't jump with any fluency. Um and I was watching a couple of things and I'm listening to a few other t- people over the weekend and he's never won back to back races which I kinda of scoffed at but he, he hasn't now and that's that's still the case. Um but you knew probably uh, a mile and a half out that he was going to get nowhere near them and um, he just didn't jump in any fluency he never really traveled Rachel was asking him up and kind of scrubbing him along a little bit and he just didn't really travel any fluency mm. but the winner the winner was very good I know you like that horse Dean protector at I do and uh, yeah. he traveled and jumped like a stag and won well um, now what he beat is a different matter but um, he, he, he did it very well uh, I just hope he's not a, a, a mudlark really because his two big runs have come at entry in the mud and now at Haydock yeah, sure. I mean, it could just be where it can elevate his level a little bit higher than otherwise. I thought it was a fine run uh, in the Gold Cup from Protectorate last year, and uh, and maybe he's come forward a little bit. Demo, any insight into uh, into what happened there in the, in that Betfair chase? Because Protectorate jumped like a stag when and won the race, but the big disappointment, of course, was in behind. 
Uh, yeah, I, um, I wrote Brian Hayes' article with him this week and he said that uh, Rachel came home and just said to him that uh, he didn't even want to go down at the start. April retired and she thought, wow. he'd, she thought he'd, warm, he'd warm up and he just didn't at all. He didn't want to jump any fences. He just It was just a battle that wasn't worth persevering with. So um, yeah, they have, they have a bit to come back now with him. Um, he said that, now in fairness to that yard, plenty of people said that Manel Indo was, a fin- was finished last season and he came back to finish second in the Gold Cup um, but it's a, still a road back that's, like, it's not ideal as in you know like, like a poor run's a poor run but not wanting to be there is a, a desperate sign especially after Gold Cup because you know we've seen that a few times now where Gold Cup winners don't quite come yeah. back afterwards uh, no matter how easy it looks Don Kostak won a Gold Cup easy he never came back again afterwards and Imperial Commander was never the same horse you know it, that's just two there, there is plenty of them so it's yeah no it is like it's a concern and look Protectorat I'm sorry has no hope of winning the Gold Cup. Um, <laughs> literally has no hope. Um, you, if you're not good enough, in my opinion, the first time round, and you have to get a lot closer than that. Like I know Native River didn't win it the first time, and he came back the second time, but he was close enough, and they completely changed. Oh, his... sure, a a Plutard's an example too, and it just I know, you know but again, can, he was second. He was second. Oh, I was very close. Yeah, Protector yeah. I was kicked out of the way last year, and I just yeah. don't see well, why there will be such an improvement, but. Uh, Saying that, that doesn't matter. He's won a bet for a chase, and he was, he was very good in doing so. Yeah, go 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 gone and got a very big pot. Did the skeletons? Um, Stephen, the, the bookmakers reacted pretty um, strongly to that APT run, and uh, I think there was a bit of twelves, and now still a bit of nines and eight to one around for a Gold Cup uh, winner that I don't think we've seen the likes of. That was some performance last year. If they can get it back, geez, that's value, isn't it? Um, not a bet I'd like to do. I I always say it. I no, I, it's very fashionable now because Johnny Davina saying it, but. I'd be very quick to write off a horse after a bad run and let them go and do it again. But you're safe or write them off because once they start putting in horrible performances, they tend not to mm. come back from it. Or they might throw one in one and five or something, but I, I, I just leave them alone. So I'd have no interest in them at all. I think Protectorat has a good chance to go a cup. I backed him in last year's yeah. Gold Cup, but I think he didn't get into a jumping rhythm, which he is capable of doing. And he does like Cheltenham. Um, uh, the point on the ground, like he's won a grade one and good soft at Aintree. So I just think he didn't get into a jumping rhythm in last year's Gold Cup. Uh, his sure. his engine got him to the last, and he clanged the last as well. He would have been a bit closer. He would have been much closer third and well clear of the rest had he not done that. But he still finished third. Um, he's he's seven rise and eight, and is coming into his peak it seems. Whereas a Plutard is eight rise and nine, but has been running at Cheltenham festivals for about five years. So very different profile of horse. So yeah, I'd, I'd give Protectorat a chance in the Gold Cup for sure. I do. I do too. Um, and I was very impressed with what I saw at the weekend, even if uh, those in behind maybe uh, well, didn't deliver. Clearly they didn't. Uh, there were a couple of other good runs over the weekend. I thought Authorised Speed for the Moors was interesting. Um, Boot Hill was quite good in a, in a handicap chase. There's more to come there. Anything else caught your eye, Stephen? Um, no, catch me on the hop. No, I can't even remember what was on. <laughs> Darren's Hope was, one of those was a local heart that yeah. won, so that was a great one to see for Bob Murphy. Um, nice. I, I backed the second, of course, but no, I, 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 no, no. I was focusing on this weekend. When I'm at the pod, Dean, I'm working last week and on this weekend's races because I don't get to watch races as much as everyone else. So I have to bluff it and I have to catch up and pretend. No, I that's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> Look, the review section on this pod is is basically thrown in because we can't ignore it. But at the same time, everybody's already done it, I think, and uh, that's no problem. Anything from anyone else, Demo or Dave, on uh, last weekend? Uh, yeah, I thought uh, Irish Point was uh, very good at Cork on Sunday. Great name as well for a, a young uh, a young racehorse. And I just thought that his jumping wasn't great. But if he can get his jumping together, 
the engine he showed, like he really did kick that field apart. And uh, David Russell was pulling the head off him later on, just just, just trying to say that he really looked like something quite quite good now. And um, mm. so he's something to uh, he's one to definitely keep on the right side of, and a great name as well in Irish Point. Kraken, Kraken, Mr. Weldon. Um, just uh, one Tamaras who won the two elf ten at Haydock, and um, for Paul Nichols, I thought he was very good. He was uh, a green and didn't really jump with any fluency and then just showed up his engine and powered away from him in the end, beating a, a decent yardstick in size and Potsy, who's rated one four three, And I'd imagine he'll probably go to something like the Tower or something like that. Um, okay. Paul Nichols. So he's one to keep an eye on. Very good. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll call that the review section. It's, it's time really to address the elephant in the room. If, if you haven't already in, in your own WhatsApp groups and friends and all that, what the hell's going on with English racing? I mean, what was, what was the story at Ascot? They can't, they cannot provide ground good enough for um, several trainers. And you can highlight Nicky Henderson if you want. But Alan King took courses out. Venetia Williams took courses out. And they were left with an absolutely um, decimated card on a very high profile day. Stephen Cass, what's going on? Yeah, look, I think it's the way, it's, it's not something you can answer very easily because there's so many factors going into the pie here between um, a lot of flat stock not being around to go over hurdles, between... Uh, climate change and global warming and you know trainers habits being an issue with Nicky Henderson and Nicky Henderson not doing himself any favors with the way he speaks you know with his language after taking him out about you know wounding horses and he said today in an interview with Lee Motter said in the race post he's got a Nicky's on a PR offensive I think because I doubt this interview was planned to show up on a Thursday when the decks come out for for the mm. fight and fifth but he's got a, a big feature interview there with Lee Motter said today, but it's like even his language there, he's saying, I take flack and it frustrates me, but I'm not going to wreck another horse, you know, as if he's wrecking. <laughs> so, so he's implying yeah. there he's been wrecking horses by running them on. It's Altior. It's Altior. He got uh, yeah, pushed but, into but running Altior. Was soft, and, yeah. Altior was soft ground that day. You know, yeah. it's soft ground he wants. He, he, he's trying to have his cake and eat it every way. Um, Jesus, there's eight hurdles in the way like that's the risk that ground wasn't a risk uh, the risk is is, is any, anything could happen at any time especially in jumps yeah race. well the ground plenty of trainers did take them out so. alan king in a proper pop yeah. yeah 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 but is the issue then ascot how have ascot managed to have their jumps course be in such bad state ahead of a national but, season? But ask, Do we take... ascot ascot have that jumps course treated like shit all summer long like they don't, that's they, what i mean yeah so, it, so ask, it's ask, a ask, definitely an issue um, the fact it came on a big Saturday is an issue. The fact there was no World Cup, blah, blah, blah. But the, the reality is there isn't that many horses in the UK. It's the fixture list is the problem. I think if, if they could, yeah. you know, that's the big yeah. thing. We're not going to solve that here. And it's been covered on every other podcast around. So I don't think we should spend too much time on it. But the, the fixture list is the big thing. You know, we can point fingers at Nicky Henderson and point fingers at Ascot and so on and so forth. But there's just too many races and too few horses. And that's that's what the problem is. And I, I don't have any uh, great insight into how to fix it other than if you give me an Excel file in the fixture list, I can do a job on it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a job we'd all like to tackle as well because, you, geez, you would get rid of so much nonsense racing. Ireland do not race every day, do they, Dave? No, they don't. Um, and it's usually one meeting a day unless it's a Sunday and there might be two on and you see definitely a lot more clashes now whether that's good or bad for racing you don't know because you've, as we've seen in Morgana you've four horses from the same stable running and it was like a schooling hurdle that's another issue but what happened on Saturday in the UK has to be a wake up call for them because you had so many horses being pulled out so late in the day you had a walk over at Ascot on a, in a big Saturday meeting like that's that's not that shouldn't be happening Um, you had a two horse race that 
fell apart with St. Calvados and uh, Cool Cody. And it just wasn't a good product that it was put on at Ascot on Saturday. Um, we had a walkover. Yeah. Like, and I, and I, come on. I had the winner to walk over. They didn't get paid out. What's that about? <laughs> you tipped the winner of the walkover on bookmakers.co.uk, Mr. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. That's, that's, that's quite impressive. Yeah. That is quite impressive. Yeah. At least I knew you got uh, I was going to say they all count, but that one doesn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Paul Nichols just came out fairly feisty as well, saying like uh, he's no issue running his horses and stuff like that against Nicky Henderson. But like, and Nicky's, Nicky's, as Cass said, and we've said, and people have said, Henderson, he'd done it last year as well with uh, Shishkin when he took him out of the Tingle Creek. He used unsatisfactory language to describe how the horse is running and stuff like that, that it was heavy ground and he didn't want to run on heavy because of the welfare of the horse. And now he's used as wounded. So, like, it's just, it's going down a path that racing doesn't really need to go down. Yeah. 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 I have, I have an issue with that, though. I mean, it's not necessarily the language that he uses. It's then that the, the other racing press who, who do not need to go highlighting it and, and throwing it back into the press every other day after it happens, do it. I just don't understand that. If you're, if you're upset with the comments, why write another piece about it? I just, I just think there's a lot of clickbaitery going on around racing and, and jumping on certain things. Like if Nicky Henderson wants to run his horse or doesn't want to run his horse, look, we have to live with it. Like that is the way that it is. And if he says something uh, derogatory about the state of the ground, it seems like he's probably correct. But I mean, that's up to him and his owners, whether they want to run the horse to then, you know, write several articles and talk about it over and over again about the crap, uh, crap language that he used is a bit weird. Like we need to support racing. Yeah. You're rich as well, Dean, because a first of all Paul Nichols is a bit rich because of the strop he threw last year at Cheltenham and destroyed Brave Man's game season exactly yeah absolutely yeah. destroyed his season and Brave Man Games come out this season and wins on similar ground it absolutely sloshes up somewhere um, they're definitely horse racing it, like Nicky Henderson's comments aren't the biggest risk to horse racing the biggest mm. risk to horse racing is that there's nobody hearing anything that's coming out of racing because of the fact that the sport is is not fulfilling its fixture list properly and by mm-hmm. having all, all all of this racing on um it's by having 25 cards a weekend we need to make it more we're in the entertainment industry everybody needs to realize that from trainers to race courses to everything we are an entertaining vehicle we're meant to be and at the moment all we're doing is serving as many trainers as possible to get them as many winners and i understand that and i also understand for the bha being scared to approach this uh, fixture list issue because it means jobs losses. Like that's, that's the simplicity of it. You know, you cut mm-hmm. back the fixture list, people are losing jobs. I understand that. And that is a very difficult thing to face, but we cannot allow our sport to just slowly slip away. Like, like it is. And the last point on this, because Cass is right. We don't need to talk about the fixture list all day. The one thing I hate, and it's a massive side of the, the hipster side of horse racing is that, uh, the phrase it's Cheltenham Festival's fault was all over Twitter again that somehow mm-hmm. Ascot's card in November is the Cheltenham Festival's fault it's not the Cheltenham Festival's fault what is at fault here very plainly is that there's too much racing and not enough horses we are losing horses as Stephen Cass said there to um, Australia and Hong Kong Cheltenham Festival is one of maybe six or seven things across both codes of racing that's actually working right now uh, we're not a uh, primary sport anymore horse racing is a secondary sport um, it's just like tennis or any one of them. We need to start building up our grand slams and start making sure that our weekends, particularly, really sing and dance, and that we shouldn't be in a situation where Nicky Henderson comes under this much flack for not running his horse because a whole race card is relying on one horse to prop the whole thing up. That shouldn't be happening anymore. And it's something that, yeah, 
as of next season, this just shouldn't be an issue anymore. And and really, racing just has to sort itself because look, the Toad is putting up a hundred grand every every second day for these play spots and everything else, and the the cards aren't matching what all of these companies involved in horse racing are trying to to, to put together and what they're trying to market. So the the sport really needs to pull itself up up by the ankles and and sort itself out. Nice, yeah, nice, nice pro barring of the toad in there, uh, Dermo, right at the end. That was good. That was good. <laughs> and it's every day, Cass. It's going to be, you know, Dermo, it's gonna be some, it's every some day. crack when uh, Nicky pulls out Epitant and Constitution Hill on Saturday morning uh, from Newcastle. That's going to be where the fun starts. <laughs> yeah. yeah what will it be his complaint? Like the ale was too cold or something. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Look, we're going to take a very quick break here. When we come back, we're going to do the novice chasers uh, with an eye on Cheltenham. Who would have guessed? You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course The Tote. Um, Right, it's on to a little eye on the Cheltenham Festival and Novice Chasers. Uh, The four divisions, I guess, we can talk about, although there is no real set order to this. If you like a good novice, I expect you to put your hand up and start talking about it. We might kick off with the article. Uh, John Bonn is already anointed the king of the two-mile division, Stephen Cass, and uh, he'll win the article, won't he? Yeah, he will. If you look at the betting, he's starting two-to-one already in November. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know my thoughts on John Bonn. Wouldn't be his biggest fan. Um, ran an okay race, the Supreme. Now it's it's a bit facetious to suggest this, but like he was, if you, I think John Bond is a little bit soft. I thought at Haydock mm. he wasn't too convincing in his head carriage. Um, he was fine in Chase debut and he was good, but I wouldn't get carried away. He did jump a touch right uh, at a lot of the fences, um, and it looked like the race just fell apart anyway. Um, like if you look at the Supreme last year, he's about ten lengths up on Kilcross a couple of strides before the last. And Kilcroft was right yep. up his arse there at the line. Now, obviously, they went a million, and, and you know, the horses would have been coming from the back, fair enough, but I just don't think he's going to like the hill. So, um, in terms of taking him on, Sir Gerhard, if he was to run, like, he'll be eight, uh, you know, he, they'd want to be getting him over fences soon enough. Um, yeah. But I'm sure Willie could get a beginner's chase and go straight to the article with him. I think, I, I can't remember correctly, but Champagne Fever didn't have a great year when he went and, and won the article. He did win the article, didn't he, Champagne Fever? But, um, <laughs> second pass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't. Thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, Dave. The joke went right over <laughs> yeah, Dave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, it's no joke to me, lads. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Look, Fair I on. think Sir Gerhard would be the best horse in the race, but he was up around 20 on the exchanges. Uh, for the race there when I had a look the other day so and, and Willie's comments you'd, you'd be a little wary on him um, if you got it but at the same time you know 20 is not a bad price on the exchanges I think for Sir because I do think he's going to love fences um, there's a horse I will back he, has, he isn't even in the betting yet so one I'll kind of cover a couple of the novices I like while I talk about go for it so, yeah yeah that's so, fine so Hollow Games uh, always you know, you always suggested from connections that he was going to be a better chaser, point to point winner, bought for big money after blah blah blah, you know, ever over hurdles a bonus. But <laughs> like I thought he looked an absolute weapon at, at the last day at Navin. I really, really thought he was he was mightily impressive. Um to go from the front over two mile one for a horse that definitely wants further, um, and destroy a good field. I thought he was really good. And the horse I'm gonna mention for the Arkle finished second to him. Uh, that day is a horse called Heartwood 
uh, with Henry de Bromhead. It was his first run in Ireland. Um, you, Henry's horses, especially as two miners, you expect them to go off out in front, make all, not come back. That's because they're very free. They're brilliant jumpers. Now, this fella won a listed hurdle in France, and I think they were trying to give him an educational ride um, behind Hollow Games because every time he jumped, and he jumped brilliantly, every time he jumped, he was going and going, and Rachel was pulling him back, pulling him back, maybe trying to settle him a bit, give him an education. I'd be very interested in him now when he runs in the beginner's chase with a view to the Arca. Um, if he's as good as he might be there, like there's no point asking for a quote now. You can get 33, 40 to 1. But if he goes, yep. keep an eye on him, wins his beginner's chase, he'll still be 25 to 1 for the Arca. So Hartwood, he'd be the one I'd be really interested in for that. Um, Hollow Games then, don't know which way he's going to go. You know, I, I, I'd be backing him. I've backed him at 25s for the three mile novice chase uh, just because I think he is a three miler. Um, so he'd probably go for the Drinmore next and hopefully up and trip from there. And at the medium trip, Manella Cocooner is running this weekend. He's a very, like they ran him in the Albert Bartlett, but he's very free going type, bit like Gallop and Deschamps, back to two and a half, and he, he could be very good over the, the, the medium trip. So Manella Cocooner would interest, interest me for the Turners. Um, he's 18 to 1. I thought he'd be more like 10, 12s. Um, mm. So I think that's not a bad bet either. So that'd be kind of my views on the, the novice chasers. Nice. Hollow Games is definitely one to. Uh to consider getting involved with. I mean, the prices are all over the place. Best in the village around 25 to one. And then as short as like 14s and 12s, I think in places for that Brown advisory. Uh, Demo, I was going to ask you a little bit about Flame Bearer. I think you've been uh, talking about that one already. And of course, uh, Banbridge has to come into the, into the mix as a discussion point across this novices because could theoretically take in any race. Yeah. Banbridge uh, was brilliant. And as Ruby Walsh and David Russell said the last day on, um, on the road to Cheltenham, it, fences have made this horse quicker as well, which is very interesting. You know, he is mm. he's he's looking a much faster horse. But yeah, Flame Bear, um, I haven't really got involved with him just yet. I, I, I'm not can't decide whether 16s is a good price or a bad price, to be honest. Um, all I know is that Brian Hayes was saying that they were working down in the yard. He said this on his bookmakers.co.uk article that uh, yeah, he was down in the yard riding another horse over fences beside Patrick, who was on Flame Bear. And by the time they got past the four fences, Flame Bear was about 14 lengths clear of everything. That just, just the way he attacks his fences is something ferocious and he's going to be amazing over two miles. Um, so on that argument, 16 to 1 seems big in that he does seem to be the most impressive of the novice chasers apparently working so far. Um, but Interesting. it's just hard to know how much improvement is in him. He's going, like Obviously, he's going from Pat Doyle to Willie Mullins. Great yard he's coming from, but it's Willie Mullins, so there should be some improvement there. But he hasn't been there that long. And I remember Stephen Cass had a, had a very interesting segment on this podcast before about... Um, yeah, he won't run for a year and a half. And then, and then he, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd come back a much better horse. So so kind of interesting to see where he can be. El Fabiolo, I think he's very good for, for Narkel as well. Uh, he's brilliant. I love Mighty Potter. Uh, hopefully, a few of these make it, because you know what? The Arkles haven't been great over the last few years. Let's be honest, mm. but if... If four or five of the ones that I just mentioned there, including John Bond, etc., make it to this field, I think we're in for one hell of a race, really. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't mention, you know, even appreciate it and things like that. Who could, who could end up in there? Dave, well, and the novice chasers. I mean, I teed us off with the Arkle, but you can go anywhere. Yeah, it, it, it's hard at this stage, Dean. Like, it's just a lot of water to go under the bridge. We haven't seen half of these horses. Someone have just picked up easy enough beginner chases. But the one I was impressed with most was uh, Jerry Glom. Um, mm. the last day he was very good over fence. Um, now they saved him last year from going to Cheltenham. They just kept him at home. So whether I think he wants he wants heavy ground. So maybe he's not a Cheltenham horse, but he's definitely one to follow for the year. He's about 
twelve to one best price there with uh, a few firms for the Brown Advisory. That could be where he goes. But like Gordon has a serious issue. Like he's three really good three mile horses that he's gonna have to split up. Um, one of them's gonna end up in the Turners. One of them's probably gonna end up in National Hunt Chase, where he already has chemical energy for that. So it's uh, it's a hold your bets time for me at the moment. Um, and just mm. just on Flame Bear, Bear as well, it's a horse I loved last year for Pat Doyle. Um, he did unbelievably well to win a race. I think it was a fairy house where he, uh, Jack Doyle got absolutely no run because he was so keen. He had to cover him up, and he got no run coming home and, and flew home. Then I think he's going to be a top class two mile chaser. Um, I think that's that's going to be his bag, staying strong at two miles. Um, and so I, vibes are good. Yeah, I've taken sixteen to one on him uh, for the article, hoping that he'll show up somewhere. He was entered at Navin. Was it Navin? Him and Fernie Hollow were taken out of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so the ground was just a bit too quick for him that day. So hopefully he gets going soon enough. We see him a couple of times before before the end of the year. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's tricky at this stage. I haven't really got a massive opinion on the novice chase at the moment. Do you know who's, okay. do you know who's kind of interesting, Dean, as well? Is that because uh, he's running this weekend in a national one chase? Because everyone keeps forgetting that this race descends into absolute farcism very always. And unless a great one horse turns up here but frontal assault is 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 12 to 1 at the moment for the national on chase is still a novice and runs on sunday which of course i will be tipping later yeah. on but he's very interesting and also yeah. i i said this on the race hour on sunday on twitter i completely agree with cast there i think Manella cooner is a two and a half miler i know he's ran very well over three but i think the way that he's ridden he his his uh the way danny mullins rode him last year he was clambering home late on at the dublin racing festival and uh, I'd love to see him him go back and trip. And I also agree with Dave Weldon there um, on Jerry Cologne. Remember, we had him up at a very big price on this podcast last year for the Alpha Bartlett. Absolutely broke my heart. Yeah. He got that small yep. injury and they kept him at home. But the um, but yeah, look, there's there's so so many good horses. But the the main ones that I back so far are uh, Avnella Kakuner and uh, and Jerry Cologne. I actually don't really mind at the moment who else turns up um, for that. A three mile race, I think Jerry Colomb has been the uh, he's been the most impressive novice chaser so far, in my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, I'm gonna point out that Time Hill uh, be out again this weekend and might be the one they all have to catch in a, an RSA a Brown advisory uh, if that continues to go to plan for the Hobbs team. But he's in that horse, you never know what you're gonna get, but he's definitely um, a, a grade one horse uh, going in the right direction hopefully and the other one is Banbridge who I've pretty much already done my money on unless they see sense and do end up going for the national on chase which would make absolute sense because I don't <laughs> think uh, I don't think there's any issue with him being quick um, that's that's where they should go uh, I think he's, he's, he'll outstay and outclass plenty in that race where I think he might come up against a couple of classier ones in the other contests but you know, time will tell. Perhaps a Drimmore is in the offing it might come a bit too soon for Banbridge, but I'm not sure if they do go there. And uh, their eyes will be opened. Um, okay, um, that is the Novice Chase Division as it currently stands with an eye on Cheltenham. Uh, I did promise you, of course, at the outset that our new sponsors, the Tote, would be along uh, to let us all uh, know about the Tote this season. Uh, you catch up with me and the two Jamies straight after this. Tote Corner each week on the race hour, keeping you up to date ahead of the weekend jumps racing. Check out the Tote today and get involved. Okay, welcome back to the race hour, of course, with me, Dean Ryan. I'm delighted to say I'm actually joined by our new sponsors. The Tote.co.uk have got involved with the race hour, as you now know, 
And I'm delighted to say I've got Jamie Benson and Jamie Hart with me, or Benson and Hedges, or Benson and Hart, or just uh, Jamie. Just depends which one comes on first. Uh, why don't we start with Benson? How are you? <laughs> yeah, grand. Thanks, grand. Yeah, I know you'd think it would be easy both being called Jamie from the type, but it creates more confusion than it than the problems it solves. But um, yeah, just shut. That's just when you both come on together. Yeah, both come on together and make it tricky for me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can't you can't see us, but. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beard and about forty years younger than the other one, so um, right. <laughs> talking of which, this will work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've been set up there, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. I'm still, yeah, still, still just battling on. My knees haven't gone quite yet. <laughs> hey, you're going to feel older by the end of this, Jamie. I tell you that. Okay. Now I'm going to stick with Benson and Jamie to the to distinguish Perfect. between the pair of you. Um, plenty of people who use the tote all the time will be well aware of Benson because there's a beat Benson thing going on and some tournament betting. But what I wanted to talk about is firstly, it's great that the tote have got involved with the race out. We are delighted. Hopefully you will be delighted by getting involved with us. And uh, I reckon a load of our people who listen to us have used the tote, have come across the tote, do enjoy the tote, but maybe they don't know exactly what's going on with the tote. This jump season, you lads are going for it. Jamie, I'm coming to you first. Uh, This is a big national hunt season for the tote. Yeah, it's very big. We've had a lot of success this year on the flat with kind of things like Whirlpool that people might have heard of, where we have these big kind of multi-million pound pools that people from Hong Kong, Singapore, all around the world bet into. And that generates millions for British racing. But strangely enough, people in Hong Kong and Australia and America aren't quite so um, enamoured with jumps racing as we are over on the, these shores. And you know, you can What's hit... wrong with them? Exactly. There's something, something significantly wrong. <laughs> They all yeah. like they, they, it's all quick, you know. Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Um, I mean, a stayer is anything that goes one mile, two furlongs in most of those countries. So, when they see, yeah. when they get faced with a four mile, four furlong kind of grand national, it, it, they don't really know what they're dealing with. But so it's it, we of course. But then they will complain that we don't like trotting racing. And so every two, um, two inches, they, they they'd be right. You know, some national hunt races are longer than some flat horses' careers, and that's why we don't get too involved with the flat racing on the race hour. We have done it plenty of times and found that about halfway through the season we're all relatively bored but I mean that you know the national hunt season is what it's all about and uh you guys are really going for it this national hunt season we are it's and it started up with um so we're guaranteeing play spots and uh for the first time in the past we've had you know you know big old play spots at big festivals and big big uh payouts so i think we had our biggest payout this year was 129 grand dividend for a pound at Newcastle this year so you know those mm. big numbers are out there and and when we went talking to customers they said you know well it's the big numbers we want so we said well, well why don't we start guaranteeing them then so now we guarantee play spots throughout the jump season 100 grand every day there will be a, a 100 grand guarantee every Saturday and every Cheltenham meeting just the normal Cheltenham meetings so there'll be a quarter of a million um, and then we have a half a million pound play spot guaranteed for, for the King George Day other people talk about Boxing Day. It's always kind of King George Day for me. And then, yeah, uh, come on, man. <laughs> well, see, I'm in. I'm in Ireland, and as regular listeners will know, so is Derma. And like, this is where we record it from. But I'm obviously very English, and it's Boxing Day to me. He calls it St Stephen's Day, and it just I get very confused. But and, yeah, and I see, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a plastic paddy, brought up by my Irish mammy. But as you can tell by my accent, very much English. So when I say your man on Stephen's Day, people just look at me like I'm culturally appropriating. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough. I've become very plastic in my time here. I try and avoid it as much as I can, to be honest. Let's call it King George Day, and there's half a million pound on offer. That's, yeah, exactly. that's a big pot. That pot would normally be big, but you're making sure it's something we're making that sure is... We're making yeah. sure it's definitely going to be big. And then, and, then, big. and then leading into the Cheltenham Festival itself, we'll make sure that we've got million pound play spot guaranteed through the four days there. So, we'll, you know, we are hoping we'll get a few upsets then so that somebody can walk away with a big chunk of that million to themselves, which is always the story that we like to see. Absolutely. I always remember my heart broke when I heard of that. Was it a massive Aintree pot that paid out a few years ago and a couple of girls on course had it for two quid and didn't really know what they were doing. And that's that's the beauty of the bet, but also the thing that puts you know people who think they know what they're doing uh, like me, back back in their box. Well, it's that there, there was something at Aintree. It was, it was actually that was Cheltenham that one with with a two quid straight line. One of the guy. Well, it was a one of them was a guy, and he was he he was going through a divorce, so he didn't want to he didn't want to be named just oh, in case no. he had to give half of it away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because not all big winners want publicity. You had a big scoop six winner just um, I think a week or two ago, who then won the scoop six again that week. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, did. he was very yeah that's incredible. It was an absolute judge. It wasn't. It wasn't ridiculously hard to win the first one, but it's amazing how it whittles people down. Because when he won the first one, I think the biggest winner out of the six races was a seven to one chance. There were th- at least three favourites in there as well. So it's, it's one where you think, well, perhaps more people will win, but only two people won it. But it amazing. meant that those two got to go for the bonus uh, leg, which was three hundred eight grand. And because it had been rolling so long, so he they, he had his one ticket for three hundred eight grand. The other guy had another ticket for it, and he ch- he chose Gar Law, G A Law, however you want you want to mm. pronounce it. And uh, and yep. yeah, we we videoed him winning that. So I don't know if people might have seen it on TikTok because we we invited him into the into the parade ring at Cheltenham to watch it. And and you you can see you can I'm sure you can see it on social, but just what it oh, looks I've seen like it, somebody... and I'm sure everyone's. Yeah, I'm sure everyone picked it up. Like that's that's some result, and for a small bet. But like you know, often yeah, he's a professional tipster, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, so he, he would t- have no problem with publicity. He <laughs> puts it, yeah, he, he puts his he puts his tips out there, and I think he 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 offers a service where you can kind of join in on his perm. But it's not they're not ridiculously yeah. big, and it's open to other people. We do have some industrial players of the Scoop Six that have tended to win mm. it in the past. That put hundreds of thousands in when it gets really big. Um, but we obviously nobody likes them winning it. And we all like we want no. the two, we want the two quid winner. Yeah, I mean you can handle a, fa- a Harry Finley going in big and landing it when it's huge value and that because you get a good book out of it. And stuff, exactly, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, so there's no there's no problem with a few characters around. Jamie, uh, well Benson, now you're the character on the tote though, aren't you? I mean you're the guy that we're all supposed to beat every weekend. How how does this work? <laughs> that's not that's not really working for a living, Benson. I, I, I'd suggest it's not really yeah. fair. Uh, I, I think I think the way the reason it evolved that way was one the alliterative nature of beat Benson. And and nice. two, the fact that, that I felt eminently beatable, which is which is also very true. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm not what you'd call a, a professional tipster, like uh, like your man who won the, the won the scoop six. I'm just a sort of enthusiast who who follows it as closely as I can. And uh, yeah, basically, it's just a way of um, showing you kind of how the pool works. And yeah, the beat Benson aspect of the tournaments has been hugely successful. So for those who who might not come across it, we just put money into a pot. Um, it's normally about five pounds per person who opts into the tournament, which is free to opt into. We we put a fiver in the pot, and then if you your P and L on the day is bigger than mine, then uh, then you win your share of the pot. 
Um, so basically, you're monitoring how I'm doing. All you need to, if I'm losing, you all you need to do is be in profit. Um, so you might be watching carefully. But then if I've if I've had a couple of winning bets, um, you know, we had a few 500, 600 pound uh, beat bets and dividends last uh, over the flat season where I maybe only won 250, 300 quid on the day, but um, only sort of 10 or 15 people beat me. So they share mm. the big old pot. So it's just it's just a bit of added en- entertainment throughout the day, something to keep you engaged, and um, you know you can win a, win a fair share. Yeah, no, I had a look at it, and I was like, I don't know if I want to play something like that because I don't know this guy, and I don't know how much he's going for it, and I don't know how much he's staking, and is he fancying the same horse as me? But then I thought, well, if I'm going to have a few bets on the toe, and I don't opt in and beat him, I'm actually not getting paid the extra money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just because it's a free-to-play game. You may as well be in and see how how you're getting on. Exactly, and and all of my bets are published on on the um on the on the blog. There's a little blog and the Twitter, and all of my uh, video previews of each race are on the Toe website as well. So you can see what I'm thinking. You can see what I'm going for. So it's it's not um and I and it's published what my stakes what my um stakes are as well. So um I, yeah. think I have a hundred quid that I can spaff up the wall every every Saturday, which, which has been a real saving for me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Jeez, I feel very exposed. Oh, it's the worst. Weekend, I have to say. It's worse. Yeah, ja- ja- the say. other Jamie had to pick me up off the floor of Cheltenham uh, on th- the Thursday of this Cheltenham. I'd gone the first two days without backing a winner, and it got to the point where I, I called my wife up and I, I said, look, I've, I've just been spoofing you and me for the past five years. Do I actually know fuck all? <laughs> I thought you called her up for a few tips. No, well, genuinely, you. I was like, <laughs> "What do I do?" And uh, yeah, J- Jamie saw me when when third win got up to win the attempts. I just dropped to my knees and I didn't even say anything. I just was pure relief that I'd finally back. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the and the tote don't have to just fork out money to all these people yeah. who are just laughing at you from the from well, the luxury of their living room. Well, I mean, the money gets paid out regardless, but of you course, know, yeah. rather than everyone just making a tenner. Uh, it was it was nice to get into profit so that you know people who were doing well could could then pick up that sort of three four five. And now I get you because if you have an absolutely terrible day, I'm just going to get an extra fiver in my account yeah. basically because everyone wins. Now I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, gee, so we're rooting for you then. Kind of, kind of, but but then yeah. not too much. But then you know if I'm up a couple hundred quid and you're up fifty quid, you're like, oh come on, Benson, do it in, do it in, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You surely you fancy that that odds on shot in the bumper that's going to get turned yeah, over. That's what we want. Exactly. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, no, I got you. I got you. That's fascinating. I, I don't see why you wouldn't get involved in that if you're using the total on the weekend. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the, the ultimate new... goal, the ultimate on, goal is always to finish one pound ahead of Benson. It means you've played it absolutely <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just just be, well, you can, can you beat him by a penny? Oh, yeah. Okay, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, and and when Jamie loses his uh, money, Basically, you then just have to make a profit. We share the money between all the people that made a profit. So we've had yeah, people yeah, getting yeah. 48 quid payouts for making 2p profit. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite a nice touch there. I like that. No, I like that. There's, a, there's another string to the boat of, um, of the tote. And I, you, can, you can tell me how new this is, okay? I only recently come across it in the last couple of, uh, the last few weeks. It's the fantasy product on the tote. So this is almost a little bit like fantasy football, a little bit like a kind of draft, EPL or NFL kind of thing, where you just get to pick some horses from a races of the totes choosing, and basically their positions in races based on number of runners. I'm explaining this really badly, so I'm going to let you do it. But um, it will mean you score points, and then there's there's a prize involved. So this is like paid for fantasy football. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, no, spot on that. I mean, okay. it, it's... Uh, I, I've um, 
so spent a lot of time explaining it in various different ways to different people. And I always just come down to the same thing, which is just give it a go. It, it's really self-explanatory <laughs> when, when you play it. Um, because, yeah, it's sort of a mix between fantasy football and a place pot. It's on uh, just on one day's racing. It's paid to play. Uh, it's similar to the DraftKings and FanDuel, fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports yes. in the States. So it's bringing that model but to, to racing. And, yeah, it's a, it's a great way of giving you a bit get a bit of uh, a bit of fun for the whole afternoon without costing the Sunday earth it's seven quid to enter and mm. um the top 25 percent make a profit if you win overall you get a big jackpot um so hundreds of hundreds of pounds and it's um yeah you your horses score points according to how they do across the afternoon but the key is balancing your budget you get ten thousand guineas like like in fantasy football you know you, you can't have Salah, kane harland you've got to pick between them you, it's similar here. You can't have all the odds on jollies. Um, so you're kind of, which fabs am I with? Which ones am I against? You know, maybe who, who runs a big price, uh, a big race as a sort of outsider. Um, and then you also have two boosts as well, stable star, which is double points, basically like the captain and steward's inquiry where the horse finishes, uh, the horse scores the, the finishing points of the position above. So you effectively get nice. boosted to this spot. So it's all, it's all basically trying to gamify it, make it a bit more interesting. Look at look at it from a different point of view, rather than looking at everything as you know accumulators or or pick sixes in a scoop six or something like that. It's trying to trying to come yeah. at it from a different way. I think one of the well, important you... things we had with it was um, people were saying I like the place pot and I like the jackpot, the quad pot, those kind of things. But if I'm out of the place pot in the first race, it's all you know, it's all gone wrong for me. And so with this, we were very conscious. We wanted something that people could play that you could be nowhere in the first race and you're still in with a shout. You're, and because you can get in the, the top 25% and still make a profit, you know, you could be nowhere in the first three races and you're still cheering something. This is how I saw it. I saw it a little bit like place pot insurance or uh, j- jackpot insurance where you just don't go bust because especially, I guess there's tactics to it. I'm going to have to play it more to work out exactly the right kind of tactics. Picking the fastest horses would help, but <laughs> I probably won't Actually, do that. Actually, if, if, we, if we could all do that, we wouldn't be having this conversation, lads. We'd be on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're totally right. But I like that's the bit I liked about it because if your first race went completely wrong and then, oh, no, you feel you're done for the afternoon, you're not. And uh, so, yeah, okay, uh, give it a go. I think that's the best bit of advice yeah. uh, from, from Benson there to work out exactly how it works. Steward's inquiry and the stable star boost and stuff like that. Uh, it's all about playing it to understand it. That's only going to get bigger, right? As soon as people start getting into it, we're going to get some big payouts in there eventually, I'd say, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the pool's building week on week. Uh, it's sort of up to normally about £3,000 at the moment, but it's, it's sort of rising um, every weekend was, as more people play it because we've only just launched it um, for this jump season so and we haven't really given it the big song and dance yet um, so yeah right now it's quite winnable it will probably you know get more challenging but still with the way that the prizes are, are allocated you can still win a decent chunk of money for even not picking you know so so the the winner every week uh, sorry every day w- will not have picked all seven winners they they probably no, will sure. have three four five um, in that region, but they've used their stable star on the right one and things like that. Um, yeah. So it's all quite doable. And we're bringing in new features. There'll be private leagues and stuff like that coming in the new year. So even if uh, you do find the main competition a little bit challenging, uh, you'll be able to smash up your mates instead. 
I like it. I like it. Once I get good at it, and only then, am I going to start telling people who I am on that board and yeah. then come chase me. <laughs> but only then, only then, I promise. There must be some stuff on uh, Tote YouTube and across Tote Media channels and stuff explaining how all of the things we've discussed work, right? They can check that out on your YouTube, Twitter, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah, yeah we have we have uh, we have pool school for those kind of things. So if you look out for Tote Pool School, we cover a lot of things. So if you want to know a bit more about how to win at the play spot or how to play fantasy, things like that, then we've got those those podcasts in that people can watch. Love it. Okay, I'll make sure Damo and myself get them shared uh, across the race hour after people have heard this, and then they can uh, they can check out what they need to know to get involved. Now, because you guys are coming on board with the race hour. Um, Sunday nights with Dermo on the race out on Twitter are going to be brought to you with the tote. So you will also get more information from um, these guys on there. And then on Friday nights, don't laugh, you two, okay? Because me and Dermo are going to try and crack your 2050, uh, £250,000 play spot every weekend, starting with Newbury this weekend. And last time me and Dermo teamed up on play spots, we actually landed one at Cheltenham, not not the Cheltenham this year, if you can call it that, it's that far back in March, but the Cheltenham before, when Bacardi's managed to snip into a, a place in the stairs head. I think it was Liz Nagaroska's stairs head, and we got we picked up a grand, so we're going to have a go. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to take us on, you're welcome, but uh, see how we go the first weekend. I, 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 I have to shame my, straight away. My play spot record is so bad that I created a game where you can't go out in the first leg. That is literally <laughs> which is so fancy. <laughs> that is how bad I am. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's no such insurance with this, right? So myself and Dermo <laughs> are going to try and do it, but we rarely agree on anything. So there will be another pod on the Friday nights um, with the race hour. And it's probably only going to be 10 minutes of me and Dermo arguing about a certain leg anyway. Um, and we're going to try and crack it for a reasonable size bet, not uh, anything extreme. So do look out for that. And then every week from now on, on the race hour, we'll have the tote corner where either one of these Jamies will pop on and keep us up to date with everything from the tote. Uh, if we do get both of you, we're going to have to really work on the nicknames, chaps. <laughs> yeah, just quick, say uh, old Jamie, young Jamie. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, then we'll, then we'll need pictures. We're going to yeah, have to like shame you across, across the socials. Yeah, um, yeah. Or we move on to YouTube, and then in which case, no one will ever uh, watch the game. Yeah. I'll be on it, which won't help. Uh, look, it's been a real pleasure to catch up with you guys. The two hundred and fifty thousand pound play spot is this weekend. Newbury for the Coral Gold Trophy beating, of course, uh, the old Hennessy. I don't know what anyone calls it these days, but I believe that's what it is. Uh, so we, we'll look forward to getting stuck into that. Do check out. Uh, well, try and beat Benson this weekend. Uh, on on the tote.co.uk and uh, lads we will chat to one either or both of you um next week brilliant look forward to it cheers Dean. thanks, thanks mate Hello and welcome back to this week's Race Hour podcast brought to you with the friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the Tote. That was the two Jamies from the Tote bringing you up to speed on everything we're going to get up to, of course, over the course of the National Art season, working with them here on the Race Hour. And uh, don't forget, of course, Friday night, you will have a PlaySpot podcast from myself and Dermo arguing for 10 minutes about how to crack the 250k guarantee at Newbury. But why don't we get some insight from some of the panel on here first uh, as to what's going to happen at Newbury and Newcastle because it's time for the weekend tipping here on the Race Hour. Uh, first race we're going to look at is the 155 at Newbury. Uh, Dermo, I may as well come to you first because I believe you have a strong fancy in this handicap. Hurt. Yeah, I kind of can't quite believe that uh, walking on air is starting a season in a race like this. Um, I know maybe options are limited, but like this was a horse that Nicky Henderson was really effusive about after he won the uh, his his hurdle here here last season, going on to uh, 
at Cheltenham. Now he ended up having a slight glitch and went to Aintree instead. And I always forgive a horse that, that kind of misses Cheltenham with an injury and then doesn't quite get back for Aintree. It just happens, really. Um, but this is a horse who just showed untold amount of ability that day. I don't believe the field behind her much. There's not much about them, really. Um, you know, the horse... Tippy, shall we have one more Kempton, right? And a bumper, so that's, that's all Yeah, right. but just, you know, you'd like to see a small bit more. But everything this horse did up until that run at Aintree has been effortless and easy. And a mark of 132, in my opinion, is unbelievably low. And I think four to one is just absolutely cracking value. Um, I just, I think this horse, in my opinion, is at least a late 150s horse. Um, so a mark of 132 is crazy low, really, really low. Do you know what? It's going to need to be, though, Dermo, because I wholeheartedly disagree with you here. Petit Tonnerre is in here for the O'Neills. And uh, after that pipe opener the other day, um, if you're looking for a 150 horse, it's that yeah, one. It's got to carry top weight here, though. Let's give him four but, um, pounds as well. Yeah, he's give walking on here four pounds. Yeah, four pounds. Probably, can probably give 12. <laughs> we'll find out. That we can. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a massive fan of Petit Tonnerre. Yeah, and, uh, Petit Tonnerre will be staring at walking on his arse the whole way up the running, and then we can have a chat next week. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, I'll have a price and you won't, so we'll see how <laughs> yeah, we go. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Dave Weldon, uh, give us give us the one fifty five. I've I've given you the winner, and Demo's giving you the second. Yeah, I'll give you the third then. Uh, <laughs> Malakana for Ian Williams and Charlie Todd. Um, he's coming nice back horse. off a couple of wins on the flat over two miles. Step two and a half be should be fine, and he's about sixteen to one in the place. He's fit, ready to go. Um, needs to jump probably a little bit better over his hurdles, but he's definitely well handicapped and should go close. Yep, could be a few in here, actually, that fancy themselves as being well handicapped, of course. And uh, Malakana could well be one of them for Ian Williams and Charlie Todd. Uh, Stephen Cass, 155 Newbury. Yeah, I've had a, I'm have had going to have a small bet here on current mood. Um, looks a big price. Uh, like She won three races last year uh, over two miles, which I think is kind of a trip. They're running over a bit further. She actually wasn't beaten far at all at Cheltenham behind Blazing Cal back in the autumn when he was kind of on his run. She's That's only right. beaten seven lengths and she travelled away into that. I thought the last day just looked all over a prep. Um, very softly, softly. Finished third, but wasn't put into the race at all. Um, definitely looked a prep. Uh, Isabel Williams, she's not the strongest in a finish, so I, I'm always a bit worried with her, even though I think she's very good with a hold-up type to kind of get it into a race. But if, if it, the horses like I'm thinking of Don Levant last season, she can give them really good rides. Yeah. Um, this horse, I think a creeping ride could suit here at Newbury, a stalking ride. And she'll come there, uh, but whether, you know, she'll have the, the strength in the finish. I do think it is a weakness with Isabel Williams, even though she is good and she has good hands. So that, that's the one negative. But um, yeah, strong travelling type. think her mood could outrun its odds, definitely. Nice, nice. Another double figure one. So three double figure horses up against Dermo's uh, Jolly in the 155 at Newbury. That's a fascinating way to kick off um, our tipping prowess. I, I get the feel it might descend into farce here, though, because I'm coming to cast first on Constitution Hill, Epitant, Not So Sleepy, Tommy's Oscar and Bois de Rev in the fighting fifth at Newcastle, which goes to post at 210. Um, will they run, Stephen? They will, won't they? I think they will. Yeah, yeah. The ground would suggest they will. Yeah. And Nikki's coming out all going home that they will. So I think they will run. Um, I wouldn't like to be back in Constitution Hill at one to four, just because he's got so little race course experience. Like, and you know, he's just such a lay. I don't like these lazy horses at home that everyone else loves, because I think they they seem to throw the toys out of the pram someday, and that's it. They're done then forevermore. Um, you know, mm. so when, but anyway, like obviously we think he'll win. Um, I've seen the without betting, and you probably haven't seen it. What price, Dean? What price would you think? Uh, 
Not So Sleepy and Tommy's Oscar are without Epitaph. Hmm. Um, I go Not So Sleepy 2s and Tommy's Oscar 7 Well, I, yeah, yeah. Maybe 2s would be a little tight. Maybe 3s and 3s. 15 to 2, Tommy's Oscar without Epitaph. In the mm. okay, yeah, I think it's absolutely good. massive, yeah. absolutely massive. Um, she's she's very good, but she's had her problems and she has been in and out. Tommy's Oscar on a flat track is a very very good horse. I think he's a better horse than Not So Sleepy. So fifteen to two in what I think is a match uh, in the without market. Like he's a real, he can definitely run up to close on one sixty, um, yeah. which should put him bang there. So fifteen to two, Tommy's Oscar without is my angle into the race. Is that without mm-hmm. Constitution okay. Hill? Yeah. Is it? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. You said without Epitone. I was confused there, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Oh, no, no, without, yes. without Constitution, yeah. 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 Epitone would be odds on, but, you know, shades off. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you the um, bet here now, one sec. So what time, what time is it? Yeah, 2.10, because this is, this is the only yeah. interesting aspect to the betting, but this might be gone now by the time You've got to people. find a way into it, yeah. Um, ba, 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 and I'm sure the total will give you better than this, but it is Epitone 4 to 9, not so sleepy, 130. Uh, Tommy's Oscar fifteen to two, Vaderev thirty threes. That fifteen to two is just way too big. Yep, yeah, seems too big. All right, and what I think what we can agree on, uh, Dave Weldon, is that Constitution Hill is very short for first time in big big girl, big boy company. Yeah, big time. Uh, especially after being an intended runner last week, you'd imagine he would have revved up to a certain extent. Um, and Nikki's had to keep him ticking over for the week. Ah, it's seven days, Dave. It's seven, seven days. days. He's had to keep him ticking over for the week. Like it's it's not as if he can't, couldn't let him down, bring him back up. He's had to keep him revved up to. The revs up it's on a him. Craig David song, like you know, I was ready to run on Saturday. Yeah. I didn't feel like it on Sunday. I felt better on Monday. That kind of stuff. Yeah, but there's enough here, like to, to take him on. Like this is a better race than last week as well. Um, and like if you, I, I agree with Cass. Like if you took Tommy's Oscar's two runs over fences out of the equation, he'd be third five and probably a, a ten to one shot yep. in this race. So yep. to get fifteen to two without Constitution Hill is a fair price. And like Epitant, this is going to be her her goal cup really you know like she's not good enough to win a champion hurdle. we know that she'll probably run here run at Christmas at Kempton um, so like this is her chance to get another grade one on the book and to get seven pounds off Constitution Hill well it shouldn't make a difference there is a possibility it might you know um, okay that, that I, I'd be taking on Constitution Hill I wouldn't be a massive layer in like that but as Cass found a good angle into the market there I think he did I think he did Demma yeah I think David's point about the seven days is right if I was promised a ride and I had to wait seven days I'd be a bit off as well <laughs> hey, you know you have no children if seven days is a long way <laughs> uh, the, uh, but, but yeah the, uh, no look I, I have no angle at all I have no interest in an angle either I think uh, Constitution Hill wins and he's uh, he should be should be more good enough to uh, to do so Spare a thought for Nikki Henderson if those two do not turn up now. That's all I can say. They will, of course. Uh, Demo, I'll come to you first. 2.30 at Newbury is the handicap hurdle there. Uh, obviously, the Jerry Fielden, as it's known. Um, are you going with another Hendo hot pot here? Uh, not the hot pot, but uh, Hendo, yes. I, I think that the um, that horse, Theatre Glory, is a decent horse. Um, and as well as that, that, that young lad, he hasn't got many chances, Nathan Brennan, but... He's actually decent enough, um, and he just hasn't got enough chances, really. But when I watched the last day, his he he tend to be quite decent over a fence. When I saw him, and even that third, now the horse horse was beaten, but he looked tidy enough. Claiming seven pounds off this horse who has who has just kept winning, 
to drop this horse effectively down to a mark of 130. I think the market's the wrong way around. I know uh, First Street is a good horse, but Theatre Glory, um, he keeps winning. He, he keeps doing what he's doing. He's improving and taking seven pounds off him. And the fact that Nicky Henderson, who, who doesn't tend to have many uh, claimers around the place really anymore, uh, the fact yep. that he has Nathan Brennan up on board claiming seven pounds off that really interests me i think nikki's gonna have a good weekend a bit of a, a, a fuck you to everyone and he um, and i think uh i think theater glory at nine to two is a decent price shades of nikki henderson shouting at lady his hislop look what i can do when <laughs> yeah. the ground is right look what i can do when the ground is right uh, you, you never know yeah. it is possible stephen cast 230 uh, don't don't want to use the phrase good thing but there's bordering on a good thing running here i think Ooh. uh pick okay. is an absolute blot in the handicap off 127 like you, you go through his profile um on debut beaten a length by napper's hill napper's hills whatever he is 150 something then he went to cheltenham yeah. fell behind the like to move it he wasn't done that day he hadn't come under the pump um, I like to move it 150 something now I don't think he would have won that day but he would have been beaten three or four lengths push the long and outpace at the no, last no no watch it back moment. watch it back, watch okay, back. Okay. And, and watch how okay. he finishes his races and decide that he was going to be uh, beaten okay. the, the, those in running comments aren't aren't accurate um, Haydock then he got a bit out of his ground Bridget Andrews rode him that day like it was only uh, here's a spin back after the fall and he was beaten nine lengths by yep. John Bond who you think is a good horse yep. and Good race, that. Yeah, okay race. Uh, and then he went to Chepstow this season um, in a novice hurdle. He beat Hollenbach by five lengths. Hollenbach is meant to be Fergal O'Brien's best horse. He was second in the entry bumper. Uh, the third horse, Master Chewy, was going to win a Class 2 at Ascot. He was going to run to about 140, 138, something like that. At the weekend, he fell at the last, but he was about to bolt up. The fourth horse, Time for a Fortune, who was beaten... 20 lengths or something by Picker. He won a uh, novice herd by 15 lengths and is rated. Let me just click on him now. He's rated 130. Oh, one thir- yeah, he's rated 130. He was beaten 20 lengths and Picker is running off 127. Like they have this horse 10 to 14 pounds wrong. He's just an absolute blot. And he's, he, as long as he jumps around well, he should go very, very close. Love it. Love it. No need for me to uh, try and guess one here. I'm rowing in with Mr. Cass. Stay well. Yeah, Cass is still not my work there. Can, oh, thank uh, God nice, you went nice. to me first. This was my, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was far more detailed than I had, and, and I had planned, Cass. So you're all right. Dave was like, I like pink. I like those black colors <laughs> yeah, with yeah. that kind of like brown. Skeletons on it. They look class. Cool. <laughs> 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 Love it. Love it, yeah. Pick I'll do me as well for all the uh, aforementioned reasons. And I don't I don't need to read my notes uh, to tell you that. Termo, you've really gone a cropper there. I think with your theatre glory shout, but no, let's see. Uh, pick our big shout there from Stephen Cass in the uh, two thirty at Newbury. Now the best race of the day is um, is the three hundred five at Newbury. Of course, it is the old Hennessy, the Labrooks Trophy, and now the Coral Gold Cup, uh, the big Premier Handicap. One of the best races of the season. This one, um, I'm going to make my case first, just because it'll. Uh, It'll, it'll make sense to most people who already know me and save me coming in at the end and telling you all something you already know. So Fiddler on the Roof is going to win uh, this year's renewal of this race um, based on the fact that it's the one absolutely true top-class animal in here who hasn't won the big one that it deserves. Um, massive, massive runs throughout its career, including last year in the Aintree Grand National, I thought. Um, another big run, of course, in this race behind Cloudy Glen. Uh, it's gone and done its job when it's had easy opportunities in front of it, like a color when it beat Peter Piper, and you can point to it, big runs at the Chapman Festival, it's a Tollworth winner, loads and loads of back class off, 155, 11 stone 9, Brendan Powell, big old stay in boat, uh, tongue tie in the piece there on first time. This will win. 
And uh, I backed it any post, as I told you all last week, and I will continue to back it. Uh, Demo, I'll let you go next. Uh, yeah, I'm similar as far as Tizard goes, but I'm uh, drifted over onto Oscar Elite. Uh, Demo, you told me Oscar Elite would only go well at back at Chelsea. Yeah, but ground-wise, as in I wasn't expecting this ground in the middle of November on Good to Soft. I also listened to Joe Tizard talking about this horse during the week, and he said that last season he ran he ran huge at Cheltenham, and he's ran huge at Cheltenham before, but that uh, when Harry Cobden got off uh, last year, you know, he ran that brilliant race in third, and he got off and he said, you know what, maybe do this horse's wind. He's just not quite seeing out the end of his race, and he actually runs mm. quite well in that hurdle race, but they just give him a very, very easy time in his comeback and the tizards are reporting anyway that his work has been better since his um his wind has been done harry cobden knows this horse unbelievably well uh, and a yeah. mark of 139 for a horse that ran so well in a big race like an albert bartlett is definitely way too too low we know that he goes well in these big fields we know that, that he handles the ground um and we know that he has the back class in him to make a weight a weight of 10 stone seven seem very very light I'm really keen and very confident that Oscar Lee won't be out of the first three. I think there, I don't think there's many horses in this race that at the age of seven have achieved kind of what he has as far as, you know, the promise and are left on a mark like he is. Um, plenty of these horses are good horses, but they're giving him plenty of weight here. Um, and for kind of what he's achieved. I like Jericho Rock, don't get me wrong, still like him. I think there is a race in him. I just think his race will be something with kind of soft slash heavy in the in the going description i won't be deserting him I, I will be covering jericho rock but i do think the ground i just think he might be cut out for a little bit of toe i like a lot of this feel i just think the weight reversal that korat rambler now has to give oscar elite um and i think newbury might actually end up suiting especially in good ground will end up suiting oscar elite just just that little bit more and at nine to one dean yeah i'm very very confident of a huge run from oscar elite Fair enough. Do you know what? It would absolutely sicken me if the Tizards do Fiddler on the Roof with their own horse. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to cope with that. <laughs> um, I'll, have to, I'll have to cover a forecast just in case. In typical Dermanon style, um, I'll have to do that. Um, okay, Dave Weldon, look, your, your homework was stolen in the last race. I'll let you go next on this one. Yeah, uh, fairly strong fancy now. Three under, two five for Paul Nichols. Oh, um, that's my one. one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, hey, I'm it's I'm called Revenge. It's called Revenge. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen he's, he's been laid out for this race just in his early season target he ran behind Prashima at Weatherby over hurdle that was just a a day out he's a cheap piece has been applied he's off 1-5-1 last season he beat does he know around Cheltenham does he know won a handicap there at the November meeting off 1-5-2 uh, over 3 miles 3 his back class is very good from last season second season novices have a really good record in the race good ground so no issue to him and yeah Adrian Heskins riding out of his skin as well at the moment and I think 325 is a worthy one worthy favourites in this race yep yep fits the profile for a kind of horse that you want for this absolutely true and that's three under through five Paul Nichols and Adrian Heskin for in, well, in those famous McNeil colours now we haven't really discussed top of the market Stephen I guess you might go there with one of them yeah pretty near the top of the market is the one I like like if you want to talk about the top of the market I I, I think Carrick Rambler I wouldn't like at all on good ground you, the way he races normally with this race you want to be up and handy and hold your position 
Very hard yeah. to the back, so I wouldn't yeah. fancy him. He's uh, a national horse, really, isn't he? Yeah, that's what he looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and three under through five, I can totally see where Dave is coming from there. But he doesn't strike like normally you'd have one of the best novice chasers going for this. Right? You know, three under through five is. He's just second really, here, yeah, isn't kind he? of. But That's, you could you could still yeah, see him winning. You could still good, see him like, winning. You could still see him winning. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. a normal back back in the day, uh, when racing was better and grass was greener, you'd have Denman or you'd have um, Waterfriend, uh, or you know, yeah. so the the equivalent this year. Bob's Worth obviously won this race as well. The equivalent this year would have been Long Press going for this race and not going for an Egan Spoon race in Newcastle. Or a high senior. Like those, those are the horses. Capitano. Yeah. Those are the horses that should be running here. Yeah. But yeah, I can see where Davis come on with 325 big time. Um, remastered. Wouldn't like him at all now because I thought he had a really hard race over hurdles and will have left his race there. Uh, Bustleton, yes, but he's not the tidiest jumper. He's a bit sketchy. Not sketchy, but he's a bit untidy over his fences. He's small. He's, he's small very too. small. It's hard work, isn't it? It's hard work. Yeah, and Listol and Newbury are different in terms of the actual stiffness of the fences. So I think while I could actually see him winning, I just think he might struggle over the Newbury fences in this race. Um, yeah, so the one. I don't fancy him at this trip at all either. I know he won at three miles, though, but I think oh, he's good. Yeah, I think three miles is no problem to him. You think he'd stay four miles? But... Yeah, but this is stiff. Yeah, like, stiff, yeah. stiff, stiff. Um, like, well, you know, I think Oscar fold. Elite can totally see um, where Dermo's coming from, but the one thing with Oscar Elite is he's he, he bleeds more times than he doesn't. Um, he's an awful burster. Right. So I nearly, I I know Dermo, you're saying top three. I think if you're backing, you have to back and win only. Hope he's on a going day and hope he goes and wins because he'll either go close or burst. Um, that's the way that he is. Um, so the one I've backed and the one I like is Lemilas, who's running here off one forty six. Um, it's only a second run for the skeleton, so he he went to Bangor off one forty two. Runs here with a four pound penalty. He's already four pounds well in. Uh, look, reading yeah. skeletons, I went through a few stable tours. He was only like reading it. He was only going to have him half ready for Bangor and heavy ground. He 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 rode him like he was half ready out the back, out wide, a bit like they ran Midnight River in the Paddy Power Gold Cup, you know, which looked like a prep all over. And this horse just pulled his way to the front. Absolutely won doing handstands, beating Lord and Leal. Um, I think he has a good few pounds in hand, so he'd be the one I'd like because I think he's definitely well handicapped. One small flaw is he tends to leave his back legs in a bit when he's jumping. And what I mean by that is he kind of trails his back legs through the fence a little bit. I'm not sure he'll get away with that now when you get to the last four fences at Newbury in a race like this. But mm. definitely definitely is well handicapped. So, you know, you kind of have a guaranteed skeleton, you know, pro- probably the best target trainer there is now out there, uh, in, in along with yep. Paul Nichols. So you're getting that factor. And I don't think with Skelton it's priced in as much as Nichols was. I think Skelton has changed his modus operandi from winners, winners, winners to the big Saturday races a bit more. Uh, we saw it last week with Protect Rat. Um, I think we'll see it in the Jerry Field and then hopefully we'll see it here as well. So yeah, Lemilos. Yeah, following his old yeah. mentor, of course. Okay, Lemilos then for Stephen Cass. All right. Um look, that's four big shots. I think you've got the one, two, three, and four in the in the Coral Gold Cup sorted there. Um obviously fiddler, fingers crossed uh, for me. Uh, once upon a time well, once in every 
a uh, couple of seasons. One of my cliff horses wins. So uh, that'll be the one for me this weekend. Uh, Stephen, I might stick with you because you did mention Long Press going for an egg and spoon race. It is the rehearsal handicap chase. It's actually uh, quite a big race on the calendar. Uh, Newcastle at 3.25. Um, didn't run at the weekend. They will run this weekend. And he won't be odds on this. Yeah, week. look, it's a big race on the calendar. It's a big race for Newcastle. It's not even their biggest race on the day. Like So, yeah, and, and it's not a big race for, um, uh, what's the name? <laughs> the Brown Advisor, whatever the name. Uh, you know, you, you want to see this horse. <laughs> is, you wanted to see this horse. Down Royal. Better Chase or um, the Carl Trophy. They're the three races. Yeah, it's softly, softly, yeah, isn't it? Really? it is, it is. And look, he can carry 12 stone around there and run faster than any of these horses carry an 8 stone around there. So he'll win. Like he's, he can, right. I, I think okay. Lampress is the most likely, you know, we don't know where Gallop and the Champs stay, blah, blah, blah. But I, of the, I think Lampress would be my Gold Cup pick at the moment. I think he's a complete machine over fences. He's really quick. Um, he stays. He's got everything. He's a brilliant jumper. Yeah, love it, but yeah, he'll win this, no problem. I hope Venetia has a clean old run with Long Press and I do get into the Gold Cup to uh, to let it put it up to some of the some of the Irish that turn up. And of course, Brave Man's game, Paul Nichols doesn't mind running that horse at Cheltenham uh, ever again. Uh, Demo, Long Press? Uh, yeah, agree. He wins. Fair enough. Dave Weldon? Um, yeah, he probably wins. Um, I see Happy Go Lucky is entered up here and declared he was down to run in the Carl Gold Cup as well and in the Paddy Power. So hopefully he gets a run. We get to see where we stand with him, but it won't be a betting race for me. No, fair enough. Um, yeah, interesting that they've ended a few times. Obviously, it's off the track now a long time. Wait, wait on the ground. They're waiting on the ground. Uh, Kim Baby yeah. said he wanted the soft ground. So. Yeah, well, maybe up at Newcastle. I think it's currently good to soft, but it could, it could soften a bit. They're going to water, aren't they? They're watering at the moment, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense with the way the water table is, so I'm told. Um, okay, then the 340 at Newbury is how we'll, uh, is how we'll wrap up this weekend's uh, tipping. Dave Weldon, I'll go to you first. Yeah, um, oh, it, this is fairly straightforward as well. I think Gambler of Sky is just class above these. Um, won well the last day coming here off close enough to top way. Yeah, nice it's, one. It's not really a, a deep field. I think he's a bit more class than most of these. And the market kind of agrees. Okay, Joe Tizard and Brendan Powell with Amarillo Sky in the 340 for Dave Weldon. Dermot Nolan has left the building. Sorry, sorry I was on mute. Uh, yeah, the, uh, not a race that I'm getting involved in at all. That's fair enough. Um, Stephen, it's up to me and you, I think, apart from, you know, the Amarillo Sky uh, comments there from Dave. Do you like no, something in No, do this? you? I have another one at Newbury if you don't, but if you do, you go ahead and then I'll... No, that's fine. No, we'll come to anything else. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Monsieur Lecoq, um, and I try and be a big fan of the Jane Williams Yard, but they keep upsetting <laughs> me with Galahad Quest. But I do, I do, <laughs> I do try... And uh, Kieran Gethins and Jane Williams, they're, they're going to get a nice race out of Montreal Lecoq, I think. And off uh, one thirty in this kind of race, uh, yeah, looks looks like someone I'll get involved in. Does like the track, of course. Um, winner there in March. Going back earlier in the year. So I'm hopeful that'll run a good race. And it'll be an okay price as well because of Amarillo Sky. All right, look, we've gone through the, the main race we're going to talk about. You had something else, Stephen. So yeah, you go so ahead. the horse called Dublin 4. Um, he's close on a double-figure price in the 120 at Newbury. So he ran a cracker yeah. one second into into overdrive at Weatherby um, on Charlie Hall Day. Three furlongs further today. Step up and trip. Really going to suit. Good ground will suit. Fergal O'Brien's horse is running very well. I think he's got a great chance. Yeah, that's going up against one of my cliff horses there. And you'll you'll remember it, I'm sure, Stephen. That's Sansa for Philip Hobbs and Tom O'Brien, who I think uh, I think that might be a danger there. I'm a big yeah, fan of the horse. You do love sticking with together. them, in fairness to you. Yeah, Zan- <laughs> the old Sansa lost in translation. And what was your other one you just mentioned there? Monsieur Lecoq said right, the Trixie there on those three. 
Fiddler on the roof. Yeah, yeah, Fiddler no, on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, yeah, thanks. Look, look, don't give away don't give away all sure my sister. 14-year-old jigging sound thing running in the Troy Town that you can throw in as well. Yeah, look, I'll get, beach or I'll get there. No, oh God, no, God, no, no, uh, no. Sansa is definitely one of them, though. So and and well highlighted. I think that'll be a double figure price and should off one three four be very competitive, considering I'm sure I've called it a one fifty horse at one point. So uh, let's see what it can do at eight years off. Uh, Demo, anything else across the um, Saturday or Sunday? Uh, yeah. So on Saturday, first of all, Hey Johnny runs in the two fifty at Goran Park. I really fancy this horse uh, run running at um, at the November meeting. At Cheltenham and poor old Charlie Mullins uh, lost them at the first. Uh, Danny takes over. Um, this is a horse too. The horse that actually went on to win the handicap that, that day was a horse who finished behind Hey Johnny before that. So I think the uh, we were probably on the right one. I think this horse is very talented. He won very easy beforehand. He's the perfect uh, Danny Mullins ride as well, in my opinion. Um, and this okay. isn't the best handicap in the world. So Hey Johnny in the 250 at Goran Park on Saturday. In the 150 at Navin on Sunday, there's a horse there called Mercury Lane. Um, this is a horse who is growing frustrating, but uh, there is definitely a decent pot in him, especially off this mark of 118. I actually can't believe he, he's as low as he is. Um, I think this horse is is actually quite a, a decent enough horse. Didn't quite work out for him going chasing. Um He's back hurdling off that mark with soft round and the rain continues to fall. Um, hopefully, it'll be the worst side of soft. Two miles six, he, he'll be one rattling home late. And I think he, he could be, if he is declared, he'll be one running there on the 150 at Navin Mercury Lane. And then finally, um, to Tritown, I know it's a, um, on Sunday, the 220 at Navin. I love going through these fields as I had done last night with this and trying to find the big price here. But I think the most obvious winner there is is Frontal Assault, the Wins, the favorite, wins. yeah. He's followed the exact same path as um, as the winner last season. The exact same race that he won before. He goes on to hear Don McLean flagged it up on this pod, the first podcast of the year. A few weeks ago, yeah. yeah. that yeah. Gordon Elliott follows very, very simple plans with his horses, like they all do. Frontal Assault is following that plan, and he's still rated 142, and I still can't quite believe, Dean, that he ran as bad as he did in that Kim Weir last season. <laughs> but, the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um. He's he's a favorite. Hate back in favorites in these handicaps, but I just think he's the most obvious winner of the week. Yep, yep. I'll um, I'll definitely be taking an interest in that one as long as the price is bearable. Um, Rosie Redrum's in that opener at Newbury at the weekend. Looking forward to seeing that run again for Milton Harris. I thought there was a little bit to. Uh, I thought it was a little bit disappointing last time, only nine days ago, of course, when it was a beat in favour. But I do think there's uh, there's plenty of engine in that four-year-old to come forward. Time Hill's going to smash McFabulous and Gilino Bello out the way in the 12.45 on that card. So I, you know, my, my punting might be either up and running or, or down in the dumps after the opening two races at Newbury this weekend. Dave Weldon, give me something else. Yeah, three for Friday at Newbury. It's a cracking card. It's on ITV as well. Um, Sage Star will probably win the 155. He's just shades of odds on. That's fine. Um, he only has to beat Bioport in the race really and he was very good the last day on the first run after wind up uh, usually improved with that so he can be another winner for Paul Nichols in the 155 then in the 2.30 Beakstown um, ran a cracker in the old hey uh, yeah there's one of my cliff horses now uh, here we go ran a cracker in the old round finishing fourth behind Hitman Gala and um, Riders in the Storm um, good ground suits him perfectly this trip suits him fine um he's about four to one that's a cracking price off an, a nice little mm-hmm. weight and he's nine year old now so you don't have to uh, crack on with him and then the 305 the long distance hurdle i thought proshima would be another winner for the skeletons was unbelievable at whether the last day um 
absolutely running away with them. And good ground again will suit perfectly. Pacey Park not the horse it was. Champs not the horse it was. Uh, Dash and Drasher needs a soft. Just this is perfectly set up for Prashima. Can't believe she's not favourite. And then just in the Troy Town, uh, one of Gordon Elliott's battalion that he'll send there is uh, Punitive, who finished second in the November meeting um, in the Amateur Riders race behind One Night in Lambourne. That's good form. One Night in Lambourne finished second in the October meeting. Similar race. Gets in off a rating of 129. Don't know who we booked. Don't know if it'll even be declared, but 14 to 1, if declared, is a fine each way price. Love it. Love it. That Prashima form that we keep mentioning on here, because a few of those ones in like the Coral Gold Trophy obviously ran in behind it. It's like one of those where you can have your cake and eat it. Like if you want to support it, you go, well, that wasn't really trying that day. It's coming forward for this. And then if you want to support it, then the next time, yeah, smash them up. Yeah, it's a bit. It danced away from Thomas Derby, who was run, oh, running no. there, you know, and it ran away. Yep. With, like, and Thomas Derby's rising 10 now as well. He's passed his best. So it's, I can't believe, I actually can't believe it's not favourite. That, that, um, yeah. Thomas Derby finally getting as old as his head character. Uh, that three mile hurdle division, like, like Prashima, Prashima's running over two and a half against 135 horse CBB. And, you know, the, and he was, he was, he was always running these races, max 142 miles, two and a half. It's just chronic, like. Like those horses yeah, are useless, and everyone talks about it as if they're, you know, t- top top of the board horses. The three mile hurdle division, do away with it. It's absolutely a waste of time. <laughs> they're, they're top of the current shy horses, horses that's, that's always and always yeah. have been. But anyway, the pro- problem is, cats because it's three miles, they're, they're pigeonholed into that. They actually get competitive fields running it, whereas at the two mile division. You fucking dodge and duck each other all yeah, yeah. Like, you know. With but they're a load of bad. They're a load of bad one forty five horses. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah. And and they're all. Do you know? They're just giving marks because they're beating each other. They'll be going to one fifty eight. If, if they win, cast, I don't care. Yeah, no, no, it's true. It's true. No, no. <laughs> but like Prashima, Prashima is found. nearly favoured for a world hurdle or whatever it's called. There, like, come on. Something, something will come out of the woodwork and get rid of that. Can one. I give one for the Troy Town? See, as well, I give one for the Troy Town. Yeah, yes, uh, this can. is a this is a wild one now, and this thing will be three figures on the tote. You can do this bet really? at the tote.ie, which may yep. redirect you to the tote.com. Oh. I don't know that they have .ie's. .co.uk. .co.uk. And we're yeah. pandering to the to our, our our friends across the water. I see, I see. So, uh, yeah, Glamorgan Duke, he'll definitely be three figures. Um, he won a really good handicap chase at Leopardstown a couple of years ago. He's got good back class running, you know beating train wreck and running behind um fury road a battle over diane going back and he ran a really eye-catching prep in a novice listed hurdle over three miles at cork where he wasn't put in the race at all and ran on for third lovely little run and it, it just if he still has the ability you know the moderate ability he used to have uh 125 is a mark that i could see him off close to bottom weight run him really well at a huge price that's what we want. That's what we want. Okay, uh, on the race hour now, it is time for our weekend naps. Uh, I can go fast. Well, first, well, I can't go fast. I definitely can't. But I can go first uh, whilst everyone prepares themselves. And Fiddler on the Roof is going to win the old Hennessy, the Coral Gold Trophy. And we'll win well. Damon Olin, you're up next. You always ruin any chance of having a lucky 15. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think the, the host life. isn't here for his tippet anyway. I don't think it, you... You're, you <laughs> Oh man! Just take that out, like <laughs> I'll go. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Uh, oh my god! That's brilliant. I'll go. Uh, walking on air, one fifty-five Newbury, please. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hendo hot pot short price, love it, Demo. Thanks. No very problem much. at all. Get out of here. Yeah, all good, all good. Uh, Dave Weldon. Uh, I go Beakstown on Friday at half two. Yeah, love it. 
Um, very good. Beakstown for Dave Weld. And Stephen Casaman, who is here for his tipping. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. Uh, Picar in the 2.30 uh, the Jerry Fielding at Newbury on um, Saturday. Sponsored by another bookmaker. So I call it the Jerry Fielding rather than giving it because we, we want to give, 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 give the props to the tote. Of course. And don't Back forget on Friday, the myself and Demo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got that. Don't forget on Friday, um, myself and Demo will uh, will battle our way through trying to crack the 250k guaranteed place pot at Newbury. But I think I found all the winners, so Demo, I yeah. might not need you for that. But come along anyway. Don't so don't forget talk to, to um, bet in the tote and buy your hampers from Cast and Cold. Yes, I've, I've done it. That's I've it. done yeah, tote.ie exactly. does redirect you to tote.co.uk. So have no fear. You'll you'll, you'll get on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, thanks very much. This has been the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and the tote.co.uk. We'll do it all again next week. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews. 